I'm going to talk to you today about the Mass. The liturgy is what enculturates the gospel for us. What are you, some kind of altar boy? And, and it enculturates it into our day-to-day life, our, our day-to-day existence. It's pretty dang exciting, huh? We're called not to some crapshoot called life, but to an adventure in fidelity that beckons us to cast out to the deep. The Liturgical Institute is proud to present the Liturgy Guys. Uh, hey, hey, uh, I hate this next sentence that I'm about to say, but Chris, you have a liturgy quiz for us. Dun, 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 dun. Jesse, do we have a liturgy oh quiz? Uh, a theme song? Guys, I... Uh, <laughs> what do you do all day anyway? I have so much to do that, that doesn't involve making theme songs for every random type of podcast that we do. I think your priorities are a little upside down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Back in the day before you were director, you could make literacy raps and all that stuff. Now you're too important for that. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. And you know uh, but you know what the amazing thing is? Your quizzes are in the Outer Amos Bulletin, and neither of us have a sort of initiative to go look at them first so we can get all the answers. Yeah, that is that is pretty bad, insofar mm-hmm. as you're one of the major contributors to the Outer Amos Bulletin, Dennis. Oh, uh, and Jesse, you with do With my intellectual uh, prowess, podcast. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's better. So we get you get the raw, unfiltered answers, you know? Uh, I thought about cheating well, today, but... My my only my only concern is that sometimes these are like I, I like the true false questions, yeah. but the like sometimes <laughs> A, not always B, but it could be C. Well, no, let me tell you, I have I was a little reluctant to even offer this uh, quiz from this is from September 2020. Oh no! Uh, because of all the whining and complaining that you, as what? I say, you guys, but I it's mostly you, Je- yeah, it's mostly Jesse about oh, oh, grousing right. about the questions, Jesse. grousing about the answers, things like that. Well, well you know, I, I just gave him a term this uh, is just, in class, and there was a set of true falses, and they. Were all false except the last one, and it was playing with the students' minds. Like, can this be true? Can they all be false? Why is he trying to? Do? They thought it was psychological warfare on my part. I didn't even notice that it, I did it. Kind of sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's give it a try. Here okay. goes Who goes first? I don't have a bell. Well, ding, ding, ding. Well, do rock paper scissors again? You didn't something. bring your bell to Florence. I didn't bring my bell to Italy. I'm sorry. Oh man! Well, okay, Jesse, you probably lost the last quiz, so you can decide. No, if I you won. Wanted. I won the oh, last one. Yeah, because oh, wow. of my okay. magnanimity, I gave him extra points. You recall? Mm-hmm. All right, so you can decide. Uh, do you elect to receive the kickoff, or are you going to defer? Uh, oh my gosh! Pressure, uh, pressure, brow furrowing. Pressure. Last time it was like a super easy question, which is the first one. So I'm going to I'm going to elect to receive. Okay, question number. Okay. So let me tell you what the topic is. This okay. is uh, again a Roman Missal quiz because what we were doing is uh, kind of looking back into the to, to the depths of the Missal on its 50th uh, anniversary. This one, you're not going to like this, uh, Jesse. This is on <laughs> uh, liturgical arts in the Roman Missal. So oh, Dennis music, is going to win this no matter what. No, it's music, art, vestments, architecture, gesture. So all those oh. elements of the Ars Celebrani. So we're using this term art pretty, pretty broadly. All right. Okay. Uh, question number one, Jesse. All right. In choosing the parts of the mass to sing, the Roman oh. Missal sees which of the following is most important. A, gospel acclamation. B, 
opening, offertory, and closing hymns. C, dialogues between ministers and assembly, such as, the Lord be with you and you with your spirit. You know this one, Jesse. D, the mass ordinary, such as the Gloria, Sanctus, or C, the responsorial psalm. Wait, you mean, wait, there were two C's there. Oh, were there? You said C. A is gospel acclamation. B is opening offertory closing hymns. C is dialogues. D is mass ordinary. E is response. Yeah. Okay, song. you said C again. And I was I'm like, to confuse wow, you. I might as well go C because that's a, what is going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Are you playing psychological warfare by playing the farm noises? Yes, I am. All right. All right, this one's easy for me. Oh, my gosh. The, I don't remember which letter it was, but it's the dialogues. Is you, the are right. you are right. It's the All right. Gosh. In choosing the parts actually to be sung, it says at number 40, preferences to be given to those that are of greater importance and especially to those which are to be sung by the priest or the deacon or the reader with the people replying. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I say why? Why? Because the priest or the deacon is in the headship role and they always want to call the members of the body into their activity. People in the pews. Join yourself to the headship of Christ, and therefore that would be a primacy, a primary thing to sing. Correct? Yeah, it it, uh, it signifies and brings about the actual community and communion between head and members of the mystical body. Okay, so uh, give a chicken cluck or a ding there for. Uh, oh, <laughs> did, 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 Jesse, did Jesse get that right? Yeah, you got yeah. it right. Uh, uh, wow. Contrary wow. to common belief, we are not on Chris's farm. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, you're not going to like, let's see. All right, not, <laughs> everyone, no. everyone, you're not going to like this. Yeah, no, this right. is tough Try one. Me, this is to you, Dennis. Number yeah. two, why does the yes. missal envision a high degree of unity ah. among the people's postures at Mass in contrast to the church's view of personal prayer and private devotions, which allow individuals to choose postures most conducive to their prayer. So there's no multiple choice in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad mm-hmm. I picked to receive. That's mm-hmm. a long, complicated question. But I am not intimidated by you or your okay. beard or your question, okay? <laughs> okay. What's the, the answer? answer is, when one assembles... For the sacred liturgy, one takes his part in the mystical body and sacramentalizes the hierarchical organization of Christ, despite the um, plurality of ministries. And therefore, the unity of posture signifies the unity of minds and hearts as they act in persona Christi, either as baptized or in persona Christi capitis as the ordained minister. How's that? Well, it's not exactly what the germ says. Darn, that that sounded so smart. No, no, it kind of gets to it. Okay. Okay. It says... uh, Were you looking for a word-for-word recitation? No, 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 no. no. I wasn't expecting that You're the only one who memorizes documents, Chris. I don't don't do that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll see in number 42 that attention about uh, gestures and postures must be paid to what is determined by the general instruction and by the traditional practice of the Roman rite uh, and to what serves the common spiritual good of the people of God rather than private inclination or arbitrary choice. So when you pray in your room or wherever, private prayer, you can kneel, you can lay in your bed, you can uh, stand, you can run, you can hop up and down, 
You can dance. You do whatever you want. That's yeah. conducive to your own. You can use words. You can sing the words. You can use no words. You can use mental prayer. You can do all sorts of things. But when you plug into a liturgical action of the entire church, then you have to kind of uh, agree to participate according to that uh, that body. You know, know what, what I think? think? My answer what? was a heck of a lot better than the general instruction. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. The general instruction well, is like, oh, well, you have to do every, what everybody's doing. The reason you have to do what everybody's doing is because you have membership in the mystical body and you're sacramentalizing Christ speaking to the yeah. Father. So take that, general instruction well, number 42. Well, I tell you what, if you, get a, if you get a weekend, you can get away from Florence. You just go down to Rome and you call mm-hmm. Pope Francis and you tell him you want a spot on the uh, Congregation for Divine Worship. Uh, yeah, okay. I hear they have an opening there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is... <laughs> That's a that's a relevant liturgy news joke, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Okay. Number one, three. one. Jesse. True or false? Yes. Because the Roman true missal, or false, like the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, which directed its reform, encourages the Mass and its elements to consider and even adapt contemporary needs iPhones and iPads could legitimately substitute for ritual and ceremonial books. Um, I'm going to say false. Mm, you're right again. You're batting a thousand today. Have you ever been to a mass where they were using uh, iPhones or iPads? I have. I have. I have not. I have not. <laughs> no. I heard a story once about, uh, uh, I think it was a concelebrant at an Easter vigil. And so it was all the more glaring, so to speak, that this, I, this iPad yeah. was, was illuminating everything in front of him. Uh, no, talk, no, talk, about, talk about illuminated text, you know what I mean? You mm. got it. Nice one, Jesse. So even the germ says something about the books that you are to use. Special care must be taken to ensure that the liturgical books particularly the book of the Gospels and the lectionary, which are intended for the proclamation of the word of God and hence receive special veneration, are to be in a liturgical action truly signs and symbols of higher realities and hence should be truly worthy, dignified, and beautiful. So the books themselves receive veneration. eh? Even the books. Yeah. Even the books. Okay. You guys are uh, on fire today. Yeah. Number four to you, Dennis. Fuego. What? Short answer. Short answer. Short answer. This is a multiple guess. (sighs) Uh, There's two letter C's in it, though, so I might confuse you. What what number of candles? Just kidding. What number of candles (laughs) does the Roman Missal prescribe for the celebration of Mass? A, two, B, four, C, six, D, seven, E, e, all of the above. Of the above. F, none of the above. It wait. gives no direction on the number of candles. Wait, which mass? The which type of mass? Hey, this is between me and Dennis. Don't yeah. mess oh. up the, the quiz. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're bonding. Two, four, six, seven. Any of the above or none of the above? Hmm. Well, I think I know the answer, but now I'm second guessing myself because I know there are customs that you use two candles for a ferial day and four for a feast and six for a solemnity and seven when the bishop of the diocese is present but i don't know that i've ever seen the 246 i have seen the seven prescribed but not the 246 but given that the answer is any of the above any of the above is correct ding 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 so germ 117 says on or next to the altar 
are to be placed candlesticks with lighted candles, at least two in any celebration, or even four or six, especially for a sunny mass or holy day of obligation. Or if the Dawson Bishop celebrates, then seven candlesticks with you know lighted what? candles. I find that very unsatisfying because it says even two or four. I agree. I, I mean, agree. Give us direction. Is it two? Is it four? Is it feast? Is it solemnities? How many? Come on. I guess they're not trying. Yeah. They're trying not to make it illicit in case you only have two candles and it happens to be Sunday or something. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, would you raise anyway, your kids that way, Jesse? Is- do your homework or not do your homework. You know, eat your dinner or not do your dinner. Especially do at least the two bishop is of your homework assignments. Eat two no, of your vegetables. It would be when you do your homework, you can do them at two or four <laughs> or even at six, but just do it. You apologist mm-hmm. for the general instruction. All right. That's, that's two right. to two. We're tied, Jesse. Okay. Number five. What are the two types of altars envisioned by the Roman Missal? Mm. Well, I don't know if this is the smartest way to say this, but a, a freestanding altar, meaning like away from the wall, and then an altar that is on a, um, um, gosh, what is, what is that called? Raridos? Where it's, a, it's an altar ag- up against a wall. That is a great answer. It really is. It makes a lot, a lot of sense, uh, but it's not the right answer. Yeah. Dang it! Uh, what is it, uh, architect boy? Oh, is that me? Okay. Uh, That's you. Yeah. Um, fixed or portable or movable, however they say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why? <laughs> well, you could explain this in a second. Let me read it as the germ says. Yeah, so the answer is fixed and movable or portable. It's desirable that in every church there be a fixed altar since this more clearly and permanently signifies uh, Christ Jesus, the living stone. In other places set aside for sacred celebrations, the altar may be movable. An altar is said to be fixed if it is so constructed as to be attached to the floor and not removable. It is said to be movable if it can be moved. <laughs> Displaced. Yeah. I, I like my answer better, well, but whatever. It, it seems more uh, instinctual that your answer is right. So what's behind all this, Dennis? Mr. Well, Apologist. <laughs> for, the, for the general instruction. Well, the altar signifies Christ, right? So ideally, Christ, as the current books say, standing among his people, and Christ does not leave his people, right? So the altar is the place of sacrifice, but Christ's body is the place of sacrifice. However, there are times when um, an altar has to move, in a sense. and so Like when you're doing a Christmas concert in the church. Like that, which you're really not supposed to do, if, especially if it's a fixed altar. A church that's paid off and everything, the principal altars are supposed to be a fixed uh, altar. Um, and sometimes you would take you know, altars to little stone, altar stones to, um, you know, in the mountains back in the day, if you had mass outside of a church or something, but fixed is the principal and preferred way. And then movable is if it's not fixed to the ground, because it signifies Christ who is permanent amidst his people. Okay, good. Yeah. I liked your answer too, Jesse, but I am unsatisfied with this quiz. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here's my chance to take the lead. Okay, number six. Which of the following ways of singing uh, the entrance chant are permitted by the Roman Missal? A, sung alternately by the choir and the people. Mm-hmm. B, sung alternately by the cantor and the people. Mm-hmm. C, sung entirely by the people. Mm-hmm. D, 
sung entirely by the choir alone. Mm-hmm. E, all of the above. F, A, B, and C. I knew there was going to be one of those. It's hard to do this without having it in front of you. So A, you is, read alter- again? A is alternating with the people, Between right? choir and people. B, B is alternating between cantor and people. Yeah. C is sung entirely by the people. D is sung entirely by the choir alone. E is all of those. F is the first three. Well, mm, 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 is it all of them or the first three? That is the question in your question. So would they give permission for it to be sung by the choir alone? Or by, I'm not, probably not by the people alone. So it's one of the two last answers. I will say A, B, and C. Should have said, should have said the other one. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll say the other one. <laughs> it's all of the above. Darn, this is I, true. Taught this, I taught this class last semester. I would have said the same thing. That was my answer, too. Abe Peralt cut me some slack, okay? Uh, This chant is sung alternately by the choir and the people, or similarly by the cantor and the people, or entirely by the people, or by the choir alone. Darn it. But yeah, what was the what? Why why did you not uh, say all of... You didn't like the idea of just the choir singing it. Right. Or just the people singing it, right? Because the choir leads the people... And the, the post-conciliar documents tend to want to encourage the people to sing. However, it, I, you know, as I think about it now, it does give those permissions at times. So yeah. anyway, we're yeah. still tied, Jesse. Yeah. Who knew, though? But yeah, I think yeah. most people right. would have got that wrong. That it would, that the germ would never just let the choir sing this. Ah. Anyway. Okay. Number seven. Oh, Jesse, true or false? Darn. Yes. <laughs> Darn. This is an easy one, too. Uh, the post-conciliar missal called for church buildings to resemble other modern contemporary structures. Mm, that's trickier than you uh, think. Wait, can Is you it? read it one more time? True or false, the post-conciliar missal calls for church buildings to resemble other modern contemporary structures. I'm going to say false. That's my okay. gut. Well, since I'm the, uh, the judge here, it's false. You're correct. This is term 288. Sacred buildings and requisites for divine worship should be truly worthy and beautiful and be signs and symbols, in other words, resemble heavenly realities. So even though they can, uh, uh, listen to me telling you this, Dennis, even though they can use modern (laughs) and contemporary things, uh, they are to be a foretaste in the heavenly liturgy. Uh, etc. So they are more to the, the germ did not say they're to, rem- to resemble contemporary structures. They're to resemble heaven. All right. Even if it uses contemporary to, uh, materials. To tie it okay. up. Tie it All up. All right. So this is uh, what are we on now? Oh yeah. Okay. Question six. Well, you got all the. You got no. This is uh, this is number eight. Which style of music, Dennis? Oh, yes. Does the Roman Missal considered as most appropriate for the celebration of the post-conciliar mass? Sitting on the floor with pillows and guitars. Oh, sorry. Polyphony, B, glory and praise, C, contemporary, D, traditional, E, Gregorian chant. Okay, so the question is, which does it foresee as... What what was the actual Uh, question? I think I know. uh, Most appropriate for the celebration of the post-conciliar mass. Easy peasy pie. Okay. Gregorian chant. Gregorian chant Gregorian is praise to our God. Gregorian, Gregorian chant to, chant to, our, to our, God. our God. Yes, Chris, you got it. <laughs> the main place should be given, all things being equal, to Gregorian chant as being proper to the Roman liturgy. 
Other kinds of sacred music, in particular polyphony, are in no way excluded, provided that they correspond to the spirit of the liturgical mm -hmm. action. They foster the active participation of all the faithful. May I give Gregory a devastatingly life-transforming commentary on that? I wish you would. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all the time we have today, folks. <laughs> Brow-furrowing commentary. In Latin, the phrase is actually primum locum, right? For They say pride of place, but primum locum means first, the first place or the first position. Hmm. And what do all the documents that lead up to Vatican II, they give four options for uh, the kinds of singing, and Gregorian chant is always given the first place. And then it says other things may be used, you know, in certain situations. So it's exactly consistent with that. So if you want to know what pride of place means, it means... It's the first option, and you may do other things if there's other reasons. So there you go. Are you feeling devastated? That's good. No, I didn't okay. know that. Primum locum. Yeah, but I think for a lot of people, that would be a surprise to hear that the Roman Missal that you use in 2021 places Gregorian chant as primum locum mm -hmm. of all the options. All right, Jesse, here's an open-ended question. Oh, Why does the Roman Missal consider images of angels and saints an essential element of a church building? Because uh, we are experiencing the heavenly reality, and that is that the angels and saints are also celebrating the very same sacrifice that we are celebrating in the very same moment. And so it's only fitting that we see images of that while we are doing what we're doing to help enhance uh, our view of what's actually happening in the sacred liturgy. I think that's it. If you use the, the O word, you would make Dennis ontology. Yeah, the ontology of the liturgy. Well, in fact, uh, this is Germ 318. In the earthly liturgy, the church participates as a foretaste in that heavenly liturgy, which is celebrated in the holy city of Jerusalem, toward which we journey as a pilgrim, and where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, venerating the memory of the saints. She hopes to have some fellowship in them. There's the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints... Etc. So yeah, the ontology of the liturgy is it's uh, the, the the reality is the heavenly celebration. We sacramentalize that in images and music, and we sing uh, angelic songs and all of the rest. Good, nailed it. Good job, Dennis. Yes. True or false? Yes. Glass, crystal, or pottery vessels are permitted by the Roman Missal. False. That also is false. It says here, uh, sacred vessels uh, may also be made from other solid materials in which the common estimation of each region are considered precious or noble. For example, ebony or other harder woods, provided that such materials are suitable for sacred use. In this case, preference is always to be given to materials that do not easily break or deteriorate. So, mm -hmm. to my read, that says that that's false. That so Earth I'm going to make a, vib a vibranium chalice because it's uh, pretty indestructible. Vibranium? Yeah, is it precious, though? What is vibranium? Oh, come is on. Get with it, guys. What's vibranium? It's, it's, it's from the Marvel. class in 30 years. It's uh, from the Marvel Universe. Captain America's shield is made of vibranium. Oh, really? I didn't know, I didn't know that. Kryptonite. Yeah. Kryptonite. Right. <laughs> well, fellas, uh, we uh, landed at uh, a 4-4 tie, and I don't have a tiebreaker. So you should just come up with one on the spot. 
Yeah, I should be able to do that, shouldn't or I? Or I can come up with a tie-breaking question if you want. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. And if Chris gets it right, then <laughs> I win. Dennis. And if I get it right, I win. I like okay. this. This is good. No, you know okay. what, Jesse? I just want to put my arm around your shoulder and go back singing, We are the champions, my friend. Right. Uh, hey, do you, should we do a liturgy question, Dennis? Yes, we should. <laughs> All right. Because you know why? We are the champions, my friend. We don't have the rights to that. We don't have the rights to that. We are the liturgy guys, my enemies. Let's answer a liturgy question. So why go to the Liturgical Institute? Well, if you want to serve the church and do liturgical studies from the heart of the church, you won't find any place quite like this. This place is faithful to the magisterium, but it's a dynamic orthodoxy, not dry. And at the same time, it not only makes the faith come alive, it also empowers you to help that be the experience for others as well. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Hahn, and I want to warmly recommend the Liturgical Institute for your consideration. Pray about going and studying and sharing the richness of our living tradition. Mail call! Oh, Moses, Moses, why do you question me? Why do you care? Today, we have a similar debate over this. Anyone know what this is, class? Anyone? Okay, we have a question this week from Mark. And uh, hey, Mark. I, know, I, I know Chris is really going to love this question. Um, Mark says, uh, my friends and I have a stable group that prays the Liturgy of the Hours over Zoom that started when shelter-in-place orders occurred last March. Since we started, our group has expected to include a number of people from a few different dioceses with everyone joining uh, as their schedule permits. He has two questions. The first is, a number of people, if a number of people pray the Office of Readings, but not everyone who prays that hour joins morning prayer and vice versa, should the inventory be prayed at both hours or just one of them? And then his other question is, if certain saints are celebrated as optional memorials for people in one diocese, but elevated to a feast for people in another diocese, this is so nerdy, I love it, and still a solemnity for people in other this was the case on St. Patrick's Day. Whose calendar would we follow? I love wow. this question so much. So, first of all, what's the invitatory, Chris? Mm. Yeah, it's this, uh, um, well, the introduction is, Lord, open my lips so my mouth yeah. will proclaim your praise. Psalm 95? Then, then the, yes, that's the one they print. There's some other options, Psalm 100 is one of them. But there's an antiphon, and then it's said between these verses of uh, Psalm 95. And it's to begin the first office that is prayed, the first hour that is prayed in the day. And so what Mark is asking is, you know, what if you don't pray the office of readings, you just do morning prayer. But other people have prayed the office of readings already, and they've said the invitatory. Should you do it again? So I think before I, before I get my two cents, I think this just speaks to you know, this last year has brought up, you know, the importance of being physically present uh, at a celebration of a liturgy and this kind of virtual participation or virtual presence is not really participation or presence uh, in at least, uh, I mean, obviously it's not in the fullest sense of the term, but um, yeah, it's just, they're, they're, they're real uh, aberrations, I think, to, even though th there is good if you can't make to Mass and you watch TV on Mass, and there is good from Mark and his group praying the Liturgy of the Hours, but it's just, the Liturgy is not set up to, to accommodate those types of things. So, what I would do is, I would just begin with a normal, uh, oh God, come to my assistance and skip the invitatory. People can do that at home on their own as necessary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Now and the then whoever, one, okay. whoever's holiest, that's the schedule they follow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the second one. But the, the other thing would be like, let's say the three of us, Dennis is in uh, Florence and I'm in uh, Wisconsin, Jesse's in uh, Illinois. I mean, what if we wanted to pray the hours right now? I mean, for us, it would be midday prayer. For Dennis, it would be Vespers. Mm. It'd be impossible. And I suppose, too, in terms of uh, ranking of uh, days, you know, it might be a solemnity where Dennis is and a commemoration of uh, somebody else here. So, Or he might be on the next actual day, depending on where he is in the world. So if he's in, like, the, the Philippines, <laughs> he'd be on tomorrow midday and we'd be on today's midday. So this is my proposal. Whoever sends the Zoom link, it's what's going on <laughs> in, in their diocese. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a solution as any, I think, uh, Dennis. It's, it's, yeah. What would the Congregation of Divine Worship have to say about this? Well, I don't know. Dennis, aren't you going to join them because of the vacancy they have? Yes, they, uh, they're going to thank me profusely for solving that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mark, I hope this gives you some clarity. And uh, if, you, if you have a question for us, you can email us at questions at liturgyguys.com or tweet us at liturgyguys. Thank you and God bless. The Liturgy Guys is brought to you by the Liturgical Institute at the University of St. Mary of the Lake, Adoremus, Society for the Renewal of the Sacred Liturgy, and the Center for Beauty and Culture at Benedictine College. Now that's a podcast.